0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you.
1: We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond.
0: All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 145, and it's titled, How to Spot a Narcissist. This is something that comes up quite a lot and I don't know if it's just because of the area we live in, you know, I mean, it is, it is Southern California, no offense, but, but this really comes up a lot. We've had quite a few uh, friends and clients as well who struggle in dating and relationships with narcissists. And it it seems that some people have a tendency to keep attracting narcissists over and over and over again. It's this pattern that we see in their relationship choices. And so we have a special guest on the show today who's going to help us unpack that a little bit, hopefully, and figure out why these things happen. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation.
1: And there might be something about you that you might need to change. Ooh, spoiler alert. (laughs) Before we get to that, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer in the bedroom, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. So our guest today is Manuel Santana. He grew up outside of Boston and he was always a people person and had a passion to help others. In May 2016, he founded Meat to Keep, matchmaking services in Miami. Through experience, research, observation, and conversations, he gathered knowledge and expert- expertise to develop an amazing concept, which he decided to put into a book, Secrets of the Guy Code, The Balance of Power. And I know not only really he have a book he has a um, online course as well but he'll tell us more about that later in the show but welcome Manuel to the show
2: thank you thank you uh, to the both of you for having me uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure and I look forward to this for the show we have a lot to talk about we <laughs> do, yes
0: we do <laughs> all right so let's just dive right in and the first question is you went from matchmaker to relationship coach And so we were curious, what did you learn from matchmaking that made you want to go into relationship
2: coaching? Well, for starters, matchmaking is usually for like busy business professionals that don't have time um, to find people. You know, it's kind of like uh, personalized online dating. Um, But the thing is, if, if, you know, let's say I'm attracted to a certain type of woman And, but I'm, I'm single, you know, and my relationships never work out, but I'm very adamant about a certain type of woman. And I tell the matchmaker, can you find me someone that looks like this, does this for a living, whatever the case may be. And, you know, as a matchmaker, I have to just go by what, what you want. And I can set you up on 10 dates and you never get a second date simply because I keep setting you up with exactly what your problem is (laughs) because you're not telling me that that's what your problem is. I'm just providing you a service. So I figured what's, you know, there is no benefit, especially for what I'm trying to accomplish with my message. I felt like matchmaking wasn't like the solution and I needed another, like, you know, Area of expertise, if you will, okay. to be able to get my message out.
0: Yeah, so, so that actually makes a lot of sense because basically what you're saying is you're, you're, you were trying to help people connect, right, matchmaking. <laughs> but what you kept finding is that there were underlying patterns of behavior that yeah. were underneath what they were saying they wanted that kept preventing them from being able to successfully matchmake. Very, very interesting.
1: You know, I also find that when we work with clients, I know people think, oh, I want this certain type of person in my life. And if you are so focused on the outside appearances, it's really a red flag that there's something not that you're not looking at because if you look if you go by how the person looks usually you will go for the wrong person and Mm -hmm. starting to look into like what kind of person you want like how do you want to feel around that person and the Mm -hmm. energy like all of that and this is when things start to shift and I can see how you can guide people to start to discover what their wants are when you do the coaching work but it's the matchmaking well they're just like hey I'm paying you and this is what I want so give me what I Mm -hmm. want independently of having a great result. So I see that. So I want to bring it back to uh, to you a little bit here, Manny, because you described yourself as being uh, the nice guy who finished last. That was kind of your yeah. previous life when we were talking in our yeah. interview. <laughs> you're like, this is me, the nice guy who finishes last, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, great. And maybe some of our listeners can relate to that. So tell us about your own personal experience and how it relates to Um, the balance of power to like what it means to be the nice guys who finished last. And then uh, how you went from there.
2: All right. Well, when I was a kid, I was, I was always shy. Um, You know, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, I was shy probably until fifth or sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. Um, But I was, I was always really shy. So, um, so I, I was shy to make friends and I was shy to talk to girls, but then when I got older in middle school, I wasn't shy to make friends anymore. But I was still shy to talk to girls. Um, so it, it was like a, it was like uh, going from level to level, step by step. You know, being able to make friends and being able to talk to girls. <laughs> so then when I got to high school, that's when um, you know the shyness started to go away, and I started having the courage, if you will, to talk to girls. Um, but nice guys finish last. You know, it's it's, it's the uh, it's the law of natural selection by Charles Darwin. You know, it's it's um, you know, alpha males have more tenacity, and they're not gonna waste time. They see a, a beautiful girl, they're gonna go talk to her. They're gonna make it happen. They're gonna build uh, some sort of chemistry, and next you know they're dating. Bing, bam, boom. The nice guy, he's gonna be shy about it. He's gonna be hesitant. He's not gonna approach her. If he does approach her, he's gonna be kind of sluggish. He's not gonna build interest. Then she's just gonna friend zone him. She's gonna say, Oh, I had no idea you was trying to talk to me. And he's not gonna date her. And she's gonna date the alpha male, and he's just gonna sit there and just be on the side. And maybe down the line, after she gets a heartbroken, then she's gonna give him a chance. But then that comes with some sort of baggage now he has to tolerate any type of abuse if that happened anything that happened where it it destroyed her emotionally and now she takes the anger out on the nice guy and he has to tolerate it but so, if he was so- if he had tenacity to begin with he wouldn't have been you know second in, in line
0: so i'm curious you know you mentioned alpha male yeah. and other than tenacity, what is it about the alpha male that tends to get the woman?
2: Well, an alpha male has natural courage and bravery. Um, like, for example, someone who's a firefighter, um, uh, you know, a service member in the army, you know, things like that. A- any type of job that you have to like put your life at risk. It takes a lot of bravery and a lot of courage. You know, you're not going to find someone like Bill Gates. <laughs> you know, he's, he's not an alpha male. He's not like a big, strong, tough guy. You know, him, he's more about intellect. Um, so an alpha male is fearless. So fearless when it comes to anything, including approaching a stranger. Um, an alpha male is confident and you know women love confidence that's that's what makes a man attractive that he has confidence that you know when he walks he has confidence he exudes like this aura of confidence that that attracts her to him so when he approaches her he has you know confidence and that makes her interested you know the nice guy might say uh hi um so
1: some of our (laughs) listeners might be in a place of like okay well Manny, that sounds good, but I don't want to be an asshole. And I'm just curious, because this is something we've talked about in other shows, and that's things that we teach, but I want to get your opinion on that, because I do Mm -hmm. find that a lot of men are being torn between this idea of the alpha male, and they associate certain characteristics, but they also associate some of the more negative traits, and they're like, I don't want to be that person, I don't want to be the John Wayne guy, because that didn't work in the past, so then they want to be more of the nicer guy, but that doesn't really work, I So how do you find that balance? Is there a difference between alpha male and like a, I'm going to use the term healthy expression of alpha male versus Mm -hmm. unhealthy? Like, what's your opinion on that?
2: I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, So how this journey really started, I was like 16, 17 years old. I was in high school. There was this girl I was really interested in. um, And I found like this dating coach. Um, I can't pronounce his name. He was like Italian and um i yeah, it was like a really long hard name but um i he, we just he just went by mr p um so i i i would you know i purchased his e course i was in his newsletter and he he would talk about the very same thing that you're talking about that you know people have to understand a balance where you know Women they like bad boys not because the fact that they're rude but because of the fact that they're not pushovers. You know, the fact that you know like women like to test a man to see if he's like emotionally strong, to see if he can <laughs> if he can tolerate, if he can handle her. And a nice guy can never handle her. She might just snap at him. He's like, "Okay, sorry." But the 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 asshole jerk, you know, who the fuck are you talking to? But I'm not saying that that's like how you're supposed to talk but the point is he he gets her to to respect him and and she's not gonna disrespect him again so there's a way you can you can you can be assertive without being an asshole you can say um don't talk to me like that ever again if you talk to me like that i'm just gonna walk away i know my worth i'm not tolerating that there's men have to know how to be assertive you can't be passive and you can't be aggressive you just have to be in the middle assertive
1: And I love that you're saying assertive because one of my clients I was working with, he kept saying she wants me to be more aggressive. And I was like, no, she doesn't want you to be aggressive. She wants you to be assertive. And that's exactly what I kept telling him. And I would agree with the women being attracted. We went to see a show a few weeks ago and... There was a really bad character that was kind of like representing like uh, the devil, that bad energy. And then I was just telling Kevin man, he's so fucking hot. And well <laughs> he he was a good looking so guy. He, right? he
0: he was he was ripped, right? What? Big muscles. So, you know, that's very a masculine trait. He had these like skin tight leather pants on and his attitude was like he was mm-hmm. in charge.
1: Yes. And mm-hmm. and so that's exactly what we realized. And he wasn't I mean, yes, he was muscular, but he was still a thin man, not that he was like a Arnold Schwarzenegger type thing, you know. Uh, but what was interesting is I was so turned on by the persona, not because he was evil, he was doing bad things. But what I loved was that he just was going after what he wanted. And mm-hmm. that's what, as a woman, I was finding so attractive.
0: And so, but see, this is the problem that women run into all the time, which is, they think they want the bad boy mm-hmm. because they don't understand what they really are seeking in that bad boy, which is everything mm-hmm. that you are saying, Manny. Right? It's the mm-hmm. it's the um, drive, the you know, sort of taking charge. It's the being yep. masculine. It's all of those things, the traits that that what we would call um, well, masculine, but the the concept of creating polarity between her mm-hmm. and him, and that's what she's mm-hmm. really seeking. And unfortunately, there. I think in today's day and age, there aren't enough men that are good examples of that healthy masculinity. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of women struggle because they're they're not attracted to the softies, but they try to date the bad boys and the bad boys treat them like shit. And then they're not happy <laughs> there either.
1: Yeah. So how do narcissists fit into this picture? Now that we want to bring it all the way back to our, yeah, yeah. to our theme of today's show.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... In ethnology, you know, alpha male, beta male, omega male, um, alpha male being like the top of the food chain, it's quite easier for an alpha male to be a narcissist than an omega male to be a narcissist. Reason being is because narcissists are very self-absorbed. Narcissists, they feel as if the world revolves around them. And... The thing is, that that tends to be attractive to women. The reason being is because if, if I'm a narcissist, I think the world revolves around me, I'm gonna take care of myself. So I'm gonna always look my best. Then on top of that, because I think the world revolves around me, I'm not gonna tolerate shit from anyone. So if, if a girl says, I'm leaving, okay, leave, get the fuck out of here, right? That, that's what a narcissist says because he, the world belongs to him, you know? It's like, I don't care. But women find that attractive as well because it's like, wow, he can actually live without me. Where the nice guy would say, please don't go, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then now, see the thing is. So again, that, that the dating coach from when I was in high school. One of his newsletters I never forgot. He said, the the deepest, darkest secret that women have, and he just went on and on and on just to build, you know, excitement and build like tension. And at the final, finally at the end, he said the biggest secret that women have what they want more than anything is to feel like she belongs to someone. Hmm. Not that, but not that she's owed owned by him, but she belongs to him. There's a difference. There certainly is. (laughs) And and a huge difference. It's a huge
0: difference. And yet it's hard for a lot of people to see.
2: Yes. And so like what I tell people being in control and being controlling is two different things. Being dominant and dominating is two different things. So women, they want the man to be in control, but a lot of men, they see that as being controlling. No, you can't go out. No, you can't wear that. No, you can't do, and that's where the feminist movement comes in, where it's like women have been oppressed by men for centuries, but it's because of this, the, the toxic masculinity trait of thinking that we have to control you, instead of being in control, it's like we have to control you and and that's that's where the problem lies.
1: Yeah, don't I always say that there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. I don't think they should go together, but there's toxic behaviors. And again, it's okay. understanding okay. that that difference between being dominant and dominating, controlling and in control, like this is such a fine line. But once Mm -hmm. you start to understand that within yourself and that you can embrace those qualities from the masculine, um, I believe that definitely increases your power and your attractiveness towards women for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I always, I always used to use examples, and I guess I still do use examples to try to illustrate the difference between those two. And so like I, I used to use this example a lot where I would say, okay, the two of you are trying to decide where you want to go for dinner. Mm-hmm. So the nice guy, he goes, well, where would you like to go? And she says, oh, I don't know. What, where would you like to go? Well, I, wherever you want to go, right? That's And then yeah. you get back in this thing and no decision gets made. She gets frustrated. And she's he so gets frustrated. frustrated.
1: She's like, oh my gosh, right. help me. I can't decide because she's in that time where she can't decide. <laughs> right.
0: mm-hmm. So the controlling man says, we're going here and that's that. Whether you like it or not, this is my favorite place. This is where we're going. And boom, that's that. And She doesn't really have a say. Whereas the man who's in control says, I got a great idea. How about I take you to your favorite Thai restaurant? But then she might say, ah, but you know, we just had Thai the last time. I'm not really in the mood for it. And then he says, okay, no problem. I've got another idea. How about instead of the Thai place, we go to your other favorite place? So he's, con- he's in control in a sense that he's making the decisions, mm-hmm. yet he's listening to her and not controlling her.
2: Yes, that's that's uh, that's a very good example, um, and you know I was I I learned that concept through that relationship coach when I was in high school. That's exactly the same way you know he would illustrate it, and I think it's important for you know in society that that we we understand that concept um, because. Uh, You know, it would be a win-win situation because at the end of the day, we can't we can't change women's nature that they want the man that's in control. That's just a woman's nature. But, you know, if we keep producing, you know, toxic behavior, I I like what you said. Toxic masculinity shouldn't go together. But men who who portray toxic behavior, if we keep producing that in society, then what do the women have to choose from all they're gonna have is a bunch of men who just want to be, uh, um, you know, controlling and and dominating and you know acting as if women have no type of say in anything, and that's just wrong.
0: So wait before we jump to the next question, (laughs) right now I can hear some feminists screaming (laughs) at their iPod, phone, whatever they're listening to. (laughs) They're screaming, right? I absolutely do not want to be controlled by... I I can hear people are already having that reaction to some of this. But Celine, as the one woman in this conversation, (laughs) I I want to know, like, just very clearly say to the audience what your opinion on that is. Do you agree with it? Do you not agree with it? Is it total bullshit? Or are you like, hell yeah, I already know your answer, but I want you to (laughs) say it.
1: (laughs) Is that a booby trap? (laughs) You better say the right (laughs) thing. No, I'm kidding. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: You know, I can see both sides. So I totally agree with that concept. But I also see as a woman who went through different um, evolutions that there's a time where you want to be seen as independent and want to free yourself and like, I don't need a man. And what I've learned through that is, yeah, I don't need a man. But when I'm in that energy, I can not create the most harmonious relationship that I could ever have. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes I will feel depleted at the end of the day or overwhelmed or stressed out. And I had to come to a place then where I went from, oh, I need a prince charming to save me, to I don't need a man, to then I want a man. And once I really made peace with that, and I could appreciate the masculine for the qualities that it would bring, I was able to attract the most amazing man ever and have this this relationship. And it's funny because we joke about things because I do love to belong to Kevin. And we joke about this between ourselves when it's like, oh, you're mine. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'm yours. Because I know I'm totally free in this relationship, but I love to be claimed. And, and so I had to do the inner work within myself to understand that accepting being claimed or accepting somebody else's uh, power did not diminish mine. It actually increased mm-hmm. mine. And so that's, I think it kind of ties in with some of the things that you talk about, about that balance of power. So once I owned mm-hmm. mine and I wasn't afraid of it in, another, in a man it really created the most amazing relationship. But before that, I was a strong woman who dated weaker men, and they all ended mm. those relationship for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so let's, let's get back a little bit uh, to the narcissist sure. piece of it. So, okay. so we kind of talked about how they show up and you know, how men who tend to be alpha males, like kind of the narcissists tend to always be alpha males and it's hard to tell an alpha male, a regular alpha male apart from a narcissist. So the question is, you know, one, how can you tell you're in a relationship with a narcissist? And then, you know, wh- what do you do when you're in a relationship <laughs> with a narcissist?
2: <laughs> Very good question. So in, in alpha hood, what I like to call alphahood, there's, you know, four different forms of, alpha males there's physical alpha males there's sexual alpha males there's emotional alpha males and there's mental alpha males so um so the very first thing that people have to understand is just because a guy is six foot four and muscular doesn't necessarily mean he's a narcissist doesn't mean he's abusive doesn't mean any of that stuff um you know look at um, Dwayne the rock johnson you know he used to be a wrestler but you know he, Simply because he was physically fit, but he's like this nice guy, sweetheart, teddy bear guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's like harmless. He, you don't see him beating people up or anything like that. Um, so he's, he's a physical alpha male, but he's not like an emotional alpha male where he has absolutely no emotions. So narcissists within the, those four realms tend to be emotional narcissists. Um, I mean, emotional alpha males or mental alpha males. What I mean by that is someone who who has, who's emotionally unavailable, sometimes they're really just emotionally absent. And people just, they translate that as he's just confident. It, no, he just has no emotion. So there's something called the dark triad traits. The three dark triad traits are narcissism, Machiavellianism, and um, psychopath. So, within those three traits, those all pretty much fall into uh, emotional alpha maleism because um, a Machiavellianism is someone who is like deceptive; he's manipulative, or or she. You know, a, a female can be a narcissist too. Um, so it's a person that you know they have no regard for morality. So, they will screw you over if it benefits them, but no problem. Um, a psychopath is, has no emotion, can do something and feel no regret towards it. They don't care. And a narcissist is someone who they feel as they, they put the blame on other people. You know, even if um, I did something to you, I'm going to say that it's your fault. So, when you put all those three things together, you know, if, you, if you're if dating someone that, you know, let's say for example, you plan a date and, you know, you're going out on a date for the first time and you know, you end up you're late to the date or he's late to the date and he says, it's your fault I'm late because you made me this, this. like if they're always turning it around and placing it on you that's a red flag. Gaslighting then. Yeah, gaslighting perfect. You know, someone who gaslights someone who you know, the only concern about their feelings, what they want, what they need, and they can care less about what you want, and how you feel, you got to hit the road. Now, as far as what do you do if you find out you're in a relationship, that's the tough part. Reason being is because, so there's this lady on 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 YouTube, um, I can't remember her name, um, and you know, that's what her YouTube channel is about. And it's funny, like in the beginning of the show, you guys said, you know, you're in South Southern California and, and the narcissism, I, I, I was I was watching her her channel one day and she said statistics show that Southern California have the highest percentage of narcissists in the country.
0: I, I am not it. surprised. I am
2: I made that as a joke, but it was a joke
0: yeah. based on my actual personal experience.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's an actual thing because so, it's easy to become a narcissist in Southern California because you have to be about yourself you know, it's very self-absorbing, you know? So so I, I had to laugh, like, quietly when you said that. I was like, man, he really said that. Like,
0: I've been here 20 years, but I grew up yeah. on the East Coast. So, you know, I can feel the differences.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not a coincidence. It, it really it, statistically southern california does have the highest centers of, of narcissism but see what, what people have to understand the reason why it's so hard to to like detect narcissism is because narcissism is a behavioral problem it's not like um some like someone who's bipolar that's 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 like that's a medical condition that you can that you know you have to seek uh you know like psychiatric help, you know, medication, the whole nine yards. So that's a medical disorder, but narcissism is a behavioral disorder. So it's, it's harder to di to detect and it's harder to diagnose. So that's what makes it tricky. That's what makes it hard. But, you know, it's just the little signs. Mm -hmm. Um, And see someone who has, so to to really answer your question, if you love yourself, if you have self-worth then w- once you realize you're in a relationship with a narcissist, it'll be easy for you to walk away. Someone who doesn't love themselves, they might stay with the narcissist because they they want to help or, they you know, they just see they see the good in the person and or they just don't want to be alone. So they just stick with the person and. One year turns into five years, turns into 10 years, turns into 20 years. And then by then you're just completely destroyed. So the, the, the way to walk away from a narcissist is to love yourself first.
1: Ooh, this is great. And I want to come back to that. But we're going to do a quick break for uh, our second sponsor of the day. And we have an invitation to all the couples listening to the Love Lab podcast. If you are a committed couple who is stuck in a rut and just going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to and you're tired of stale, mechanical sex, that like spontaneity and fun, and you don't want to live a life of average, then Kevin and I would like to invite you to join our highly sexed power couple platinum program. So if you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. So go to celineremycom forward slash passion to learn more about our most amazing program.
0: Yeah, this whole thing that we are talking about with polarity and masculinity and all that was major topics that we cover in that course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So,
1: Mani, you t- you touched on some very important points here about the self-love and kind of the codependency where somebody has a wound, right? So you don't love yourself. You don't think you're worthy. So then you go and seek out people who will reinforce and kind of like keep cutting keep cutting that, that wound open because it's kind of there and it's kind of like say, see, I am not that lovable. And it's, a, it's the proof. And I, be, I think the narcissists, from what we've seen, because as we said, we're in Southern California and we've seen many of those, they kind of like mm-hmm. see those, they like spot them and they're like, Ooh, I can get power from like this weakling little being here. <laughs> yep. And there's literally, they're feeding off each other. Have you seen in your experience, uh, narcissists actually change?
2: Um to be honest with you, no. Um, cause, cause so run. This, yeah, I mean, I, I even I, I even talked to, to to therapists about it and they say that um narcissism is literally like like I said, it's one of the hardest things to, to detect, and at the same time it's one of the hardest things to like to get rid of. So it's like the way I, I put it, like once a narcissist always a narcissist, so that's why it's like you can't sit there and Trying to fix or change a narcissist, you you really can't. You're wasting your time. So, and I'm and I'm glad you said about that. With um, you know, they 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 seek out weak links. You know, narcissists are, are predators. You know, either they're emotional predators or they're physical predators or whatever the case may be. They 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 prey on the weak, and and they're very opportunistic. You know, if they know that okay, I can get. I'll be able to get her to do this for me. I'll be able to get him to do this for me. I'll be able to control them. I'll be able to get money from him. I'll be able to, you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be, you know, that's that's just what they do. So, like, in my book, I explain um, what I call validated relationships and dominated relationships. Dominated relationships is when it's based around the man and a validated relationship is when it's based around the woman. So, And a woman's form of power is attention. A man's form of power is control. So a a narcissistic female, she wants power, and her form of power is attention. She wants everything for, you know, like the little dolly doll. She thinks everything is about her. The world is hers. She doesn't do anything for him. He has to give her all this attention, money, do all this. She's a narcissist as well, but people don't, don't notice that because, you know, she's... She's emotionally opportunistic, but people don't notice that, okay, that's a problem too. And a man that wants power, his form of power is control. So he wants to be controlling. He wants to be dominating. That's why I call it a dominated relationship. And in her, she wants everything to be validated. That's why I call it validated relationship. But the way you balance the power is, one, if you get rid of codependency, if you love yourself, you wouldn't give them away power from the jump. Because once you give a narcissist power, they're going to continue to just take power from you. And it's like literally impossible to balance it, you know. So if you if you date someone who's not a narcissist, who's, you know, it's a give and take. If you if you give and they give, you give, they give, then you're balancing the power. But you're dating a narcissist, whether it's a female narcissist or male narcissist, you're giving to them and they're just taking, they're just taking, they're just taking. And you're just going to lose them,
1: You brought some really good points. I'm glad that you talked about this because I wanted to really touch that narcissists can come like female male like it's not gender related it is a behavior but I love that you also explained that it shows up differently and I can see why there's a tendency to point out the narcissist behavior more in the masculine because they're more dominating and like more in your face while the other one's like Mm. oh she's a diva and that's that and uh, maybe society Mm. accepts this a little bit more but ultimately neither one of these behaviors are healthy and uh, the key to having a thriving relationship with yourself with somebody else um in your opinion how does low self-esteem factor into this
2: well so for starters the whole saying happy wife happy life i think is just the most narcissistic term you can say <laughs> you know, i i yeah i mean really i believe in happy spouse happy house So ah, I like that. That's a good reframe. That's what people, like, we have to normalize that. Um, So, like, for example, if if I'm a low self-esteem guy and I, I will believe in the happy wife, happy life because I'm disregarding my own happiness. I just feel happy that I'm able to get this trophy wife. I'm able to get the most beautiful girl I was ever able to get in my entire life. So because I'm able to get her, I'm going to tolerate everything. She's going to be, you know, narcissistic. She's going to be, um, you know, controlling. She's going to be, you know, selfish, whatever the case may be. And I'm just going to tolerate it simply because I don't want to lose her. Simply because I feel good for the fact that I have her. You see what I'm saying? But if I love myself, I'm going to say... I can do without her. I'm just going to go be with someone else instead. You know? So, um, I mean, (laughs) we we need more podcasts like this, really. (laughs) So, um,
1: how about some tips for people? Like, what would be maybe... uh, Do you have a tip, a practice or something for people who are finding themselves? This has been a fantastic conversation and we are coming to the end of this show. um, But do you have a particular tip or practice that people could do right now if they find themselves stuck into a situation? Like, what's your first step? I know buying your book, but what else?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely that. Um, Well, the, the, the first step really is knowing yourself right so what I mean by that is there's something that I call you know the emotional alpha scale right so if if you're a one on the emotional alpha scale that means you're very emotional you, you want love you want romance you're a romantic type person if you're a 10 you're more alpha you know you 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 would prefer a one night stand or a fling over a romantic relationship Um, So if you know yourself and you know where you fall in that category, you can avoid those pitfalls. Like if if you're a a very like if a woman is a very romantic person, she's a one on the emotional alpha scale. She has no business dating a man who's a 10 on the emotional alpha scale because he doesn't care about love or any of that stuff. So he's just he's just going to take advantage of the fact that she's so emotional and all she's going to do is be his cheerleader. All she's going to do is just like root him on for everything and just try to be there for him. And she's going to tolerate him cheating. She's going to tolerate him doing anything because she wants to prove that she's a loyal person. But if she dates someone who's also, you know, a romantically emotional person, a helpless romantic, if you will, then she wouldn't fall into those pitfalls. So the first thing is to know where you fall on what I call the emotion alpha scale.
0: So, yeah, so basically, know thyself, followed up by love
2: thyself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 100%, yeah, that's exactly what it is.
1: Manny, this has been a great conversation. Where can our listener find more about what you do, the works you do, your books, and all of that?
2: Okay, well, for starters, they they can find me on social media. I'm on uh, Facebook instagram clubhouse <laughs> twitter um tiktok everywhere you can find me at i am manny santana so you know at symbol i am m-a-n-n-y santana s-a-n-t-a-n-a um they can find me on my website mannysantana.com or they can email me contact at mannysantana.com. and also um I don't know if I, I think I sent you the link, you know, they can um uh pre-order my pre my uh my course. It, it will be available um next month in a couple of weeks. Um they can register. Um so I'm gonna have like a course and I'm also gonna have like a master class where if if you can sign up for the master class, it'll be like a six week class, or you can just purchase the course where you could just, you know, watch the videos and kind of self-teach. Um so, you know, I, I, you know, maybe you can leave the link in the, the Yeah, we'll have a link in the comments for that. Be. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah we'll or they can go to secretsoftheguycode.com.
1: Perfect, Secret of the Guy Code. But all the links will be there, but for those listening right now, and then Manny Santana also. Uh, I am Manny Santana. Uh, Manny, this is our last question that we love to end every show with. Tell us, what is your best sexual talent? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a very good question. Um <laughs> all of it. All of it um, um let's just say I know how to please a woman and uh she she won't go without an orgasm. Uh-huh. He, he delivers the O. <laughs>
0: yeah, go. Good all one, right. Kevin. <laughs> all right manny thanks so much for coming on the show it was a great conversation and check the uh description for how to find more about manny
2: i appreciate it thanks for having me um you know i'd be more than happy you know to come back on the show anytime in the future if you know whenever you can find time if you'd love to bring me back i'd be honored
0: all right so there you go, listeners. Make sure you you listen to this episode and like it. And if y'all like it, we will have Manny back on because it was a great conversation. All right. Thanks, That's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week.